What's up, everybody? My name is Connor Marecki. We do have a new name. So it is now called The Smack. Uh, this is our third episode. I'm joined by, again, my good friend, Michael Yuschak. Michael, say hi to the people. What's up, everybody? All right, so real quick, we're just going to go back over some uh, yesterday's NBA. We only had two contests yesterday, but they were pretty good matchups. Uh, going on, uh, we had a Pacers-Bucks matchup, the two top teams in the uh, Eastern Conference Central Division. The Bucks came out with a 117-98 win. Obviously, a big win for the Bucks. Uh, you know, struggled. They also came off that uh, big loss, uh, surprising loss, too, from the Suns. A uh, great game last for the Pacers. A great game for uh, center Miles Turner. 35 minutes, pulled down 17 rebounds, 3 assists, 22 points. Uh, great rebounding from the Pacers last night. Uh, their offense, again, you know, they started off good in the first quarter, then they slowed up a bit in the third, uh, tallied 98 points total. They fall to 42-24. and 24. For the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo building on his MVP case, 33 minutes, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Chris Middleton, another great game, 27 points. Four assists, two rebounds in 32 minutes. Obviously, both guys having great, great years. Uh, that did, that didn't really shake up the standings too much on the Eastern Conference side, as um, Philadelphia is still number four, but they are now only a half a game out. Celtics stay five, Pistons six. The standings are the same as they were yesterday. And then we have a another win. Uh, the second of two games yesterday was a win for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder over the Trail Blazers. It went into overtime. Uh, the Thunder came up with a 129-121 victory, which now puts them in third for the Western Conference. Paul George played yesterday. Played a great game in 43 minutes, pulled down 32 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Russell Westbrook played a great game too. 37, 3, and 7 in 40 minutes. Uh, obviously a great game for those guys. And, you know, a great season for the Thunder who had moved up to 40 and 25 now. Uh, what do you think about yesterday's game for the Thunder? I think it was... Uh... Good game that we had called in the first place. Just looking at the uh, standings and how they've been playing uh, throughout the season so far. And, uh, yeah, I think they uh, played really good. And I uh, just can't wait to see what they got for the uh, rest of the season. And the same goes for the Bucks. Kind of uh, kind of guess on that one, too. Didn't think they were going to get uh, – they were going to crush them that bad. Uh, I don't even remember the score. What was it, like 112 to um, – uh, 117 to 98. Well, yeah. I did not think they were going to just play that yet against, um, against the Pacers. So I think that they uh, they did good um, last night and just can't wait to uh, see them continue throughout the season. 
Uh, that did kind of that game did kind of shake up the Western Conference as the Blazers have now lost two straight. Uh, Thunder secure in the third spot. Uh, the Rockets right behind them at four, uh, just a half game behind. You see the Blazers drop to five. They're now a game behind the Thunder. And the Blazers are followed by the Jazz, Spurs, and Clippers. And a surprising year for the Clippers, you know, big play this season from Lou Williams and uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, you know, they lost DeAndre Jordan in the offseason. Last year, they lost Blake Griffin in a trade to the Pistons and Chris Paul in the offseason for the Rockets. Um, you know, some big moves, but they're holding up. Big game I'm looking forward to this evening is the uh, when the Pistons go at it against the Bulls. How you think? Uh, what do you think is going to happen in that game? Well, obviously, you know the Bulls this season are having a lot of struggles. Uh, they're having trouble uh, offensively. Uh, you know they are coming off a win uh, just a few nights ago. Uh, Chicago surprised everybody with that win over the Sixers in. Uh, Chicago, you know, a one-point victory. Chicago has struggled with their offense all season. Defensively has not been great. Uh, and then the Pistons, you know, great run right now, 10-2 uh, and two in the last 12 games. You know, they're on fire right now. Uh, their offense has been clicking. You know, they're very consistent. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that the Pistons come out uh, on top by five. What do you think when you hear this from ESPN, when they say they got a 61.1% chance over uh, the Bulls of winning? How, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Um, honestly, there's not too much to say. Uh, you know, Bulls, yes, again, coming off that huge win. Pistons coming off it uh, are still on that hot run. Um, but it is in Chicago. Um. Pistons, I don't know if it should be a 61. I think the Pistons should have a 65 or 67% chance. Um, but I, I do think the Pistons will almost run away with this game. So they got the on-court advantage. Yeah, the Bulls have home court advantage tonight. Uh, and then another big, big game, two uh, bigger games tonight. You have the hot. You have the uh, Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets. Rockets, obviously, one of the better teams in the West. Uh, they're on a huge run right now. James Harden, again, huge month of February. Um, you know, he's doing good. Chris Paul is playing pretty well. Uh, um, what, what do you think is going to happen in that game? And the Sixers, obviously, yeah, coming off that loss to the Bulls. Um, what do you expect? Well, Coming after that uh, loss, they're going to have to uh, redeem themselves in this next game. Well, with them being above the uh, Rockets and uh, standings, I think they can uh, come through and uh, pull in a win. But we're just going to have to see play and who can just come up and score more points. It says that Houston's got a 64.5% over uh, the 76ers. So we're going to have to see what happens and go from there. It's, it's always a crapshoot seeing, but it looks like uh, Houston's going to beat the 76ers, so we're just going to find out. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, the Rockets are a great offensive team, very consistent with their offense. Um, you know, the Sixers have good, uh, pr- not perimeter offense, but good inside. Uh, you know, with Joel Embiid at the center spot, you know, in the paint, getting a lot of his points there. 
And you have two good shooters on the outside and uh, power forward Tobias Harris and small forward Jimmy Butler. And then you have point guard Ben Simmons, not the strongest shooter on the outside. Um, you know, they're a good defensive group. I think this would be a really good defensive and offensive game. We're really high scoring game too. And then the, and then another big game we have uh, the top two teams in the West going at it tonight in Oakland, uh, the Warriors and Nuggets. Uh, that's going to be huge uh, for both teams as we look. Um, they're separated by just a game. You know, in Oakland uh, tonight, uh, the Warriors forty-four and twenty coming off that loss to Boston just a few nights ago. The Nuggets coming off that win over the thunder um you know what do you think what are you thinking and then another big win just last or a couple nights ago over the lakers uh mike what are you thinking mike Well, it appears we have uh, lost contact with Mr. Juszczak. Uh So while we get this sorted out, um, we're going to take a quick break. All right, guys, so while we got that sorted out, we are back. Um, again, we have a huge game tonight on the Western Conference, as I said before, as the top two teams in the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets go at it in Oakland. Or Obviously, the Warriors – the most probably the biggest stacked team in the uh, league with guard tandem of great shooters with Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. You know, you got a front court trio of all-star superstar Kevin Durant, uh, all-star Draymond Green and center uh, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, but obviously the Nuggets are good, you know, uh, great guards and, Gary Harrison, uh, you know, a great guard duo there uh, that they have, you know, with Harris and Murray. Then front court with Millsap, Barton, and all-star Nikola Jokic. It's going to be a great game to watch. What I wanted to say uh, for our audio cutout before is uh, looking at both teams' standings uh, with only being one game away, like you said, Nuggets being 43-21 and 21 and Warriors at 44-20. and 20. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how they both assert their just skills in a time of this close of uh, uh, standings. So it'll be interesting to see who can come up uh, and take the top. Will it be uh, – um, the Warriors taking the loss and uh, making themselves 44 and 21 being equal losses with Nuggets or the Nuggets going to come up and uh, get that extra win to tie up the wins with Golden State. You know, just going to have to see how it turns out. And it's going to be, it's going to be good and interesting one way or another, whatever the outcome is, it's going to be a good game. I think we can both agree on that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the last time these two teams faced off, uh, it was in Denver. Golden State came up with a big 142-111 win. So with this probably being the last matchup that they have this year, or no, the second-to-last matchup they have, uh, you know, the Nuggets, if they win, they'll not only tie with the Warriors, but uh, this and in the season series, you know, both teams will be in a tie for first place. And if they can keep up this pay, pace and stay this close, the the winner or the top seed will most likely be determined in the uh, final matchup of these two. So it'll be interesting to see who can come up and just take the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have some news uh, from the NFL. The Lions released linemen. Uh, shoot. They released uh, linemen earlier today. Um, you know, it was a pretty big uh, move. You know, he was great here. Um, again, you know, not really known here uh, as a Dallas fan, but, you know, TJ Lang is gone now. Um, and then we had a trade also in between the Giants and Browns just two hours ago, as reported by NFL.com. Uh, the Giants traded uh, Oliver Vernon, who is their uh, a decent player. Um, and the Browns are shipping guard Kevin uh, Zalp. Zeitler to New York, um, as reported by um, Mr. Garofalo and Ian Rappaport. Um, you know, obviously these guys not really known well around the league as much. Um, but if you put, you know, here, um, you're putting Mr. Uh, Oliver Vernon with uh, young pass, young great pass rusher uh, Miles Garrett. This provides the Browns a potentially menacing duo in uh, the coordinator Stephen Wilkes system. And uh, also reported earlier, um, Dallas Cowboy uh, defensive tackle David Irving was released after he was suspended from the NFL or by the NFL. Uh, he's quitting the NFL too, um, because he because he violated the drug policy. He was suspended uh, last night. Uh, he announced he was officially fed up. He said they want to talk about suspension and other nonsense. He's out of there. Um, he's not doing this shit no more. A few seconds later, he held up a neatly rolled blunt and started smoking it. Irving, who has received two separate four-game suspension in his career, first for violating the PED policy, then for violating the league substance policy, was suspended again last week for violating the substance policy, this time indefinitely. That took away whatever desire he had left to play in the NFL. He said he'll Kaepernick himself before they Kaepernick Kaepernick my ass, he said, referring to the blackballed quarterback. Damn. Uh, So David Irving is out as of now, unless he changes his mind, which I don't see it. Because, um, and on the bright side, Irving can not only smoke as much as he 
much as he wants, but he never has to work for uh, Jerry Jones again. You know, obviously, you know, he was a big key for this Cowboy defense just a season ago. And uh, now that he's gone, they're going to have to go out and find a new great defensive tackle. I was I was uh, reading up on that thing um, last night, and uh, you know what? They they were trying to say, you know, because they had some past instances of that a while back, and um, they were trying to say, should this be something that they should uh, change as the drug laws? They were trying to uh, talk about how their uh, drug uh, enforcement in the rules with NFL should it be changed or should it be uh, should it stay the same? How do you feel about that? Um, honestly, you know, it's very, it's a very, um, different, you can look at it from many ways. Um, but personally it's, it's not that much. Um, you know, you can get rid of the drug policy all you want, but players would come to school or school to the games, uh, stoned and out of their minds, you know, not knowing what's going on. We'll have very low-scoring games. Defenses will not be there because some of these guys, you know, want to do that stuff. They're not going to know what they're doing. So it, it's very, very strange, and I, I don't know. I think as of right now they should keep it in there. But I, I don't know. That's really up to Roger Goodell. Yeah, with the the way it's written, it it, it, it goes against everything that a player could possibly use as a controlled substance to make them a better player. And, you know, I, I get their benefits to, you know, smoking weed, but like maybe if they're injured or shit, maybe they can have, uh, maybe that'd be the only time, but like, you know, yeah, you're right. You just coming up with, you can't just come, come to a game stone out of your mind. You're not going to know what you're doing. You're going to perform so much worse. And uh, yeah, and we now have uh, an update uh, from Chris Westling for the NFL uh, that the Steelers are close to trading Antonio Brown to the Bills. But earlier this morning, uh, Bills general manager Brandon Bean released a statement that the team is no longer pursuing Antonio Brown. But now we are getting a uh, he got a report from Ian Rappaport. Uh, it says that Pittsburgh is closing in on a deal to trade the disgruntled receiver to the Bills. But it, um, as far as, you know, he says as far as compensation goes, both parties are not yet ready to disclose the particulars. And, you know, other interested teams like the Bron- Broncos, Jets, Redskins, Titans, and Raiders bowed out of the Browns' sweepstakes the receiver needy bills, yet they flew under the radar until yesterday, last night. Uh, but with a $2.5 million roster bonus looming in just uh, nine days, the Steelers had set an unofficial deadline of Friday to resolve the situation. And at, he, you know, he is very frustrated in the uh, Pittsburgh system, you know, he knows he's not the top dog there anymore with the great play by uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He knows that he's not the top dog there anymore. And he sees that uh, Roethlisberger's arm's going down and, uh, you know, that Le'Veon Bell's out of there. 
just have to see uh, who comes up and the result of what happens, man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this. I don't know if you remember a, a big UFC fight back a while back was uh, Conor McGregor and uh, Glovkin. Not really ringing a bell, no. So the uh, they were two great UFC fighters, and, or yeah, UFC fighters, and uh, well, everybody loves the way McGregor fights, and uh, Golovkin was more of um, how do you say go for the legs and get the takedown, where more McGregor was always wanted to be up, throw the punches and jabs, you know that kind of fight. Yeah. And uh, back then when they had the fight, uh, Glovkin got uh, McGregor in, like, I think it was the fifth round or whatever, Mm -hmm. in uh, a headlock, and he tapped out. And then after that, there was so much controversy because he had, uh, Glovkin had jumped off the, uh, out of the ring and started uh, going at it with uh, McGregor's uh, family and everybody that was there to support him and all of his Irish uh, background people and... That was such a big um, time for the whole UFC uh, sport. And um, so they just signed him back for a three-year contract for his six more fights. And there, there is a date set for uh, McGregor and uh, Glovkin's rematch. So I, I think that's going to be something big to see coming up. Yeah, um you know, not to t- steer away from that topic, but we have more reports. Um, you know, Jacksonville, who last year struggled, as I said before, you know, the Blake Bortles era is over. Uh, but they just recently cut Malik Jackson, Carlos Hyde, and Tayshawn Gibson. Um, and then the Eagles' uh, defensive end, uh, Michael Bennett, has is not announced that he's not willing to take a, a pay cut, which could potentially mean he is out of Philadelphia um, and right now that the Eagles are shopping him in uh, potential trade destinations obviously you know um, he was big last season for the Eagles and the year before but you know he's out of there I guess he wants out and then you can see um, uh 49ers Malcolm Smith restructured his contract earlier today. Uh, Kyler Murray is finally going to be active tonight uh, at uh, or in the March 13th Pro Day. He's going to throw there. He's going to run his 40. And then the Steelers lock up Marquise Pouncey and Raymond Foster earlier. So, you know, some big, big moves going on right now. Mm-hmm. Another upcoming thing I want to talk about is uh, – uh, who- how do you think the March Madness is going to go this year? Well, obviously, you know, we have – it's a very, very uh, competitive this season. Um, you know, right now, looking at the rankings, it, it, the top five teams are very close together. You, you can't say that otherwise. You know, the top five, you know, it, it, they've all been playing great this year. I, I would even go through the entire top ten. Um, they're playing great, you know, Duke this season, uh, we're playing good. And then Zion went down, obviously, which, uh, is hurting them offense, not only offensively, but a little bit defensively. Um, you know, I, I'm looking right now at the, at the rankings 
and it's they're all very close. You know, you can't single out one one team. It, yeah, it's too close to call. But I think you know, with the big game coming up for Duke in the against North Carolina, that that's going to be huge. Uh, you take a look at the top five. You know, you have Gonzaga at number one, only has two losses this season. Virginia right behind them again, two losses. They're twenty nine and two for Gonzaga, twenty six and two for Virginia. Then you got a huge matchup with uh, a five, you know, a five loss North Carolina, twenty four and five against the number four ranked Duke, who is twenty five and four. That's huge for those two teams, and I, one of those teams will get the ACC with tonight. And then you have Tennessee playing great, twenty six and three this year. Uh, you know the entire top ten's doing good. Uh, you have Kentucky at twenty four and five, at six. Michigan sitting at seven, uh, twenty six and four. Texas Tech at eight, twenty four and five. Michigan State, obviously, you know, coming off a fifty fifty week. Uh, you know, on Saturday night, a great green for them. Uh, you know, they're twenty three and six, and number ten, Purdue or LSU. Just, just doing great. You know, these aren't exactly up to date. Uh, they're twenty four and five. But the biggest game, the one of the biggest games this weekend, not just Carolina and Duke, it, it will be Michigan and Michigan State, because those two teams will the winner of that those two teams will not only get the number one seed in the t- conference tournament, but but will get the uh, Big Ten regular season title. Yeah, it'll see who's going to uh, be putting even more uh, skill into the uh, March Madness. You're going to be able to kind of get a head start and see who's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, real quick, the power rankings, you know, they do have Virginia 27-2, and two actually. Gonzaga 29-2, and two, Duke 26-4, and four. North Carolina 25-5. and five. You know, these are the power rankings. They have Tennessee at twenty at number five, twenty-seven and three. Kentucky is still at six, twenty-five and five. They're keeping Michigan at seven. MSU is number eight. So looking at this from the power ranking perspective, you have two teams in the top ten, you know, having dominant seasons. Uh, you know, Michigan is obviously awaiting the return of Charles Matthews. You know, they've survived the last two without him. Uh, Isaiah Livers slotted in the starting lineup. He's been a great player. He has a good motor. He can. He's great on the glass. He can make three-pointers. Oh, he had 12 points, 10 rebounds, including three three-pointers against Nebraska. Followed it up with 11-5 and then more three-pointers against Maryland. You know, that, that that's amazing. And then you have Michigan State coming in, you know, with Purdue losing on, on, to Minnesota on Tuesday. Michigan State now has a chance to fo- force a share you know, of the regular season title. The, the Spartans hammered Nebraska without Kyle Orange and Nick Ward. They didn't combine 46 points and 10 three-pointers from seniors uh, Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins. Now they have a rematch with Michigan this weekend. Uh, this time it's in East Lansing. Hopefully Cassius Winston can lead us back to the win. Uh, have to have another great game. We're going to have to have contributions from uh, almost everybody, a lot. Uh, and then we're going to have to really go deep down into that bench. 
here's something that I want to see how you feel about this. So uh, it's spring coming up and baseball is coming up. I don't know if you're big on baseball or not, but how do you think the Tigers are going to do this year? With right now, they're at like 12 out of 15 in their um, area. So how, how do you think that's going to come out this year? Is it going to be another shitty year like they always are? We just can't. Uh, we just have to be faithful like we always are. Or... Now, see that that's very hard to say as of now. You know, spring training, they haven't. They've been cons- very decently consistent. You know, winning um, and losing. You know, yeah, they're pretty much a five hundred team right now. Um, but you know, you you can't really look at it right now. But I think that this season for the Tigers hopefully will be a, an improvement. Um, you know, last year winning 64 games. You know, you want to see them better. I, I think the Tigers will still lose quite a few games, but I think it'll be at least 75 wins, 76 for 74 this year for the Tigers. That's good. It's always good to see them do better than they did the previous year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then a big contribution for this team, you know, Yet, uh, in changes, you know, the additions of uh, Josh Harrison, you know, a good second baseman, good hitter. He he can run a team, you know. He's taken over. You know, the Tigers obviously needed him at the second base position, losing Ian Kinsler before last season. Uh, and then, you know, it's just very, very, um, you know, difficult last year for the Tigers after also losing uh you know Justin Verlander permanently in twenty seventeen. And then, you know, guys dealing with injuries. They lost Miggy all season. And uh, you know, you just gotta look and see, you know, this team is young, very young. Uh, you know, M- Miguel Cabrera, if he can stay healthy all season, he will be good contribution wise. Uh, and then like I said Big additions, you know, Josh Harrison coming in, uh, veteran shortstop Jordy, Mer- Jordy Mercer, uh, and then Matt Moore coming in. You know, it, it's big, big stuff for them. And, you know, I, I see the Tigers being an improved team from last season. And also uh, young talent, you know, coming back. You know, Nick Castellanos is back. Very, very good hitter. And you have Nico Goodrum, who played very well last year. Uh, Jamer Candelario is going to do well. You know, I, I see this team improving very well. You know, this pitching staff has to also step up a lot. And this offense just has to be very, very consistent for the Tigers this season. It has to be. Can't can't have a repeat of what happened past few seasons where it's just hit or miss and you don't know if they're going to be good or bad or just most of the time bad. And it's it's good to uh, hopefully see uh, Miguel Cabrera back this season after his injury. Back in the beginning of the season, didn't have him for most of any of really the uh, season this past year, and it was really bad. And we we still won a decent amount of games, but with the management talking right now of how uh, they're trying to rebuild the team, they're just gonna have to see uh, how their thinking is on this because. Miggy's one of the players on the team that is a power hitter for the time and getting mm-hmm. rid of a bunch of the good pitchers like Verlander and Max Scherzer and, and you know, all that is just 
I don't know. You just we need good players, and it's it's just the rebuilding process. And I know mm-hmm. we're gonna be down for a bit, but I just want to see whether it's now five, ten, fifteen years, whether how long it takes. I just wanted to see them be on the top with a great team coming up sometime soon. And yeah, obviously, keep going. And just how Verlander was a great pitcher, having uh, uh, great games, going hit, uh, nobody hitting, and um, and then he goes to the Astros the next year or the next season and goes to the uh, World Series. But he, good for him; he he deserved it for how good of a player he was. You know, just too bad the Tigers couldn't have uh, kept him for. Uh, I guess they didn't give him enough money, and the Astros gave him more. And uh, we're just gonna have to see what new, good, up-and-coming players we can get, and just keep rebuilding. And hopefully, again, just keep hoping for a better team. Yeah. Now, just looking at it, thinking about it, you know, Alavila did come out and say, "Oh, don't expect the Tigers to spend money till 2021," which really. You know, it did piss off Nick Castellanos where he wanted to trade. Obviously, it didn't happen, but, you know, you look back uh, 2000, just like eight years ago, I don't seven years ago, the Tigers won the Central Division in 2011, went to the ALCS, they lost to the Rangers. 2012 won the AL Central, went to the World Series. They eventually, you know, they were swept. Then you go to 2013. Won the division again. Went to the ALCS, lost to the eventual champions. 2014, they win the division. You know, they're done first round. But you got to think, you know, that was still Jim Leland's team. And then once, you know, Osmus had pretty much his players, you know, you saw it, the team went down. And you, you saw everything just collapse, you know, with, uh, you know, just leaving, players leaving, like, after 14, Torrey Hunter was retiring. Jackson was traded then. It, it was just madness in Detroit. Um, and then after, and then, you know, trading away, in se- during 17, you know, trading away, uh, you know, J.D. Martinez, Justin Upton, Ian Kinsler, you know, three key players that we needed. You know, they're gone. Verlander traded that year. You know, it's like, they committed to the rebuild at that time. But you look, you know, they could have kept those guys and built the team around them, Miggy, and just a few more veterans who had a lot left in the tank. I just hope their whole rebuilding the team process is going to come out in the end to be good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's go. Right now we're going to head back to uh, college basketball, looking at a uh, – if the tournament started today, if the tournament started today, uh, you know, they have the bracket set up in the eastern region. They have Virginia as the one seed, MSU two, Houston three, Kansas State four, matched up against five, Maryland. Then you have number uh, <clears throat> number six, Houston, Mississippi State, seven, Wofford, eight, uh, VCU against nine, Oklahoma. And you have uh, 10th seed at St. John's, 11th seed at Arizona State, uh, you know, 12th seeds, uh, Clemson, 
13 seed Vermont, 14 South Dakota, 15 Wright State, and then Norfolk State as a 16 seed. You know, that, those are pretty good. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, yes, will be the number two seed because Virginia is right now the better team. And then uh, on the Western region, you have Gonzaga, Michigan, LSU, you know, it's top three. You know, that, that's very great uh, for those two teams. You know, obviously Michigan, again, the not the top dog in that region. Uh, on the Midwest side, you have Tennessee as the one, North Carolina is two, Texas Tech three. You know, those teams are good. Um, you know, you can't take away the talent from them. And then you, you look at the southern region, you have Duke at one, Kentucky at two. I think those two, you know, that's very uh, controversial to look at that. Yes, Kentucky doesn't have the record. Duke does. But I, I don't know how that will happen. And then you have Purdue at number three. Again, a good team from the Big Ten. Uh, it's, you know, the ACC this season's putting, right now, if it started today, nine teams in there. The SEC and Big Ten will each put eight. The Big 12 is putting seven in there. The American is putting four, the Big East throwing in four, Mount West and Pac-12 each throwing in two. Uh, and then we on the bubble, we have Florida, Seton Hall, Arizona State, and Ohio State, uh, which are the last four buys. The last four in will be NC State, Alabama, Temple, and Clemson. And then we have first four out again in TCU, Indiana, Creighton, and St. Mary's. Then the next four out. Furman, Murray State, Dayton, and Butler. You know, these two, all those teams have the potential. I think every team in the bracket or in the tournament has a huge shot at winning. But, you know, you look at these one, two, three, maybe even four seeds that dominate the first few rounds. And then you can see they get tired during the last few and they don't play the same. And then you have these, you know, uh, six, seven, eight, even sometimes 10 seeds coming out of nowhere, playing great basketball, upsetting these teams. We'll just have to see who can uh, pull through this year. Uh, so right now, as I, you know, anybody cannot uh, express in words and stuff how important this weekend is for four teams, you know, Duke, NC, that will determine the winner of the or the regular season champion. And then if NC North Carolina wins, you know they take the season sweep. Uh, I, I that'll be huge for them over this Duke team who has struggled the last few games without Zion Williamson. And then you have uh, Michigan State and Michigan, two of the top ten top ten teams in the country, going to battle it out for that one seed. And not only in just in their conference tournament, you know, the winner that that'll force us if state wins, that'll force a split because they did lose to Purdue and Michigan, I think beat them that that'll split the regular season title. But if state wins the series, they get the one seed. And I, I don't think that uh, if they split that that's the season series, nobody knows, you know, who will get the one seed. That that's how huge this game is for not the Spartans and the Wolverines. 
just be big to see how this uh, season turns out, whether who wins or not. It'll just be interesting to see who can come through and uh, perform at the best. Uh, let's head over. Uh, again, we have some news from – I guess we got some college football news come right now. Uh, surprising, actually, you know, you, college football is over with, but we're hearing about it really quickly. You know, I heard some things earlier today. Uh, you know, obviously, this was just a while ago, but Dax Hill, you know, his big – he was the top dog in the – recruiting this year, uh, flipping to Michigan on that last day. Um, you know, you, and then, you know, you ha- obviously have transfers coming, you know, transfers. It's just very, very, um, you know, different. And you see um, it, it's just – it's big. And the transfers, you know, right now, obviously Justin Fields going to Ohio State, uh, Tate Martell leaving Ohio State to go somewhere else. You know, you have more transfers, you know, maybe not some big-name transfers, but, you know, great players that are switching out. Just have to see how everybody plays and who can – be the best this season. And then you have former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant going over to Missouri, Texas quarterback Shane Buscelli going to SMU, Alex Delton from Kansas State. He originally transferred to UT El Paso, then later announced that he's going to L- or TCU. Obviously, Justin Fields is out of is leaving Georgia to go to Ohio State. Ben Hicks from SMU to Arkansas. And then another big one that everyone, you know, not shocked by um, was Jalen Hurts uh, deciding to leave Alabama to go to uh, Oklahoma. You know, that wasn't shocking. You know, he lost his starting spot um, to to attack Viola this year. Um, You know, those are just some big ones. It's like, you know, it's part of the game. Uh, and then you have the bigger, another big one, Tate Martell going from Ohio State to Miami. Then you have quarterback from uh, Notre Dame, Brandon Wimbush going to UCF. Obviously with uh, McKenzie's injury, that was very big for them. Um, and then we have some running back transfers, you know, not some big names, but Craig Nelson from Indiana is going to Southern. You have Riley Burt from BYU going to Utah State and a couple others. Uh, wide receivers, you know, you have Latrell Williams from Tennessee, not really decided where he's going. Um, you know, Sean Savoy from Virginia Tech going to Maryland. Jeff Thomas originally announced it to transfer to Illinois, but then went to my decided to stay in Miami. You know, it's – Big like that, and then you have Penn State receiver Irvin Charles originally, you know, not decided if he's going to transfer. You know, he announced he will, but he's not quite sure where he's going. You know, it's like it's all part of the game. Everyone knows that, but you just have to look at it and see, you know, it's because they're not starting. They're getting playing time. 
You know, an example was Drew Singleton from Michigan. He's going off to Rutgers. Um, it, it's just you, you look at it and you're like, what is going on? And it's you have Bubba Bolden going to Miami. Um, it, it's you can't really you know, get mad at these guys because, you know, they want out somewhere. They don't feel like they're getting treated right. Uh, obviously, Justin Fields left um, Georgia because apparently there was some racism going on there, and he knew he wouldn't start over uh, Jake Fromm when he committed there. And so you got to think um, it would would not. Uh, and then you know he does say that his sister's there playing base- softball, but why didn't she move when he did? And it, it's just, you know, it very, very different and does not sound right. You know, he just wanted to move because he would not start there. Yeah, they all, they all just want to start and they all just want more money. And if they don't get that, they'll go somewhere else for another college that'll do it for them. Yeah. Was there racism going on there? There possibly could have been because it's farther down south. But I, I don't know if that's entirely true. You know, I don't think it was that bad to the point where you'd want to switch. You know, I think it's a little racism. Yes, not as much as he says there was. Honestly, I think there's going to be racism for some of these players wherever they go, just mm-hmm. because of the way they look or the way they act. And, you know, it's something that you can't just go somewhere else to get a different aspect and – it's not the best thing to say, but you just got to hold up and be strong with the team that you have. And if you got problems, you just got to deal with them. You can't just keep running because there's going to be problems and racism everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another big one was, um, you know, obviously the Florida Gators taking on interstate rival um, Miami. Uh, they, their game was moved up a week to – August 24th at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Um, you know, obviously they moved it up because that is the uh, – they celebrated the opening of the 105th, 50th season of college football. Um, you know, very – obviously good uh, football schools. You know, they haven't played since 2013. Um, it's it's the head coaching debut for Miami's uh, My, Manny Diaz. And Dan Mullen enters his second season with the Gators. Um, and then, you know, ESPN was approaching UM in Florida with the unique idea to broadcast this matchup as a culmination of a day-long celebration uh, for the 150th year. Uh, or not Michigan, Miami. Uh, Miami's athletic director, Blake Jones, said in a statement, you know, after consulting with Manny, he agreed that this would be a tremendous opportunity to showcase the new Hurricane football team and present their team and their long story tradition on the national stage. And, uh, you know, they're excited to kick off the celebration of 150 years of college football on August 24th in Orlando. Um, you know, uh, Florida coach Dan Mullen said, the statement is it'll be a great showcase for the university and their programs all in all of Gator Nation. You know, that's this is big and um you know it you gotta look and see, yes, um 
interstate rivals, you know, good, both good teams. You know, what do you think about that, actually? I really don't have too much to say about it. I feel like, you know, them two being rivals will be um, great, just like how they have always been. And we'll just have to see who can come up and win it. And obviously, you know, um, with Urban Meyer out of Columbus, you know, that's going to be different for the Buckeyes this year. And then losing, you know, Mike Weber, Dwayne Haskins, you know, and a couple others. You know, Ryan Day, his coach before, is decent. But do you see them, you know, contending again this year for that Big Ten title? especially with Michigan, you know, coming off of that good run. Obviously, the loss to Florida in the bowl game. You know, how, how do you think that will play out this season for the Buckeyes? I feel like they can still come through, even though they got some disadvantages this year. I think they can still come through and perform at their best. And then looking at Ohio State's schedule, it looks pretty easy. You know, they kick off against Florida Atlantic then Cincinnati, then they play Indiana, then they play uh, Miami, Ohio, then Nebraska, then their first, I'm going to say big game is against Ohio or Michigan State. Then it kind of roughens up a little bit. Uh, the next game is Northwestern, followed by Wisconsin. Then they kind of ease out a little bit against Maryland and Rutgers. Then Penn State comes, and then they, Penn State comes to town. And then um, – they go into Ann Arbor for the last game of the season. That is probably the game that everyone's going to be looking at. Obviously, you know, you look at Ohio State, uh, their roster uh, last year, you know, obviously a great, great team. I'm not personally a Buckeyes fan, but, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins, the lone year starter, played great. You know, he's absent now. Justin Fields comes in. Uh, you know, he will most likely get that starting nod, you know, He's going to be a sophomore this year. And then you look, um, J.K. Dobbins is still there. He's going to be great as a now, now junior running back coming into the season. Uh, receiver tandem, you know, it, it's going to be great. You know, K.J. Hill is back. Um, and, you know, it's just it's going to be great to watch them again this season. Do Do I think – the Buckeyes will win every game. I don't think so. I think they will go at least eleven and one, maybe ten and two. But I doubt that the game against Michigan is going to be huge, and um, against Penn State is going to be even bigger. You know, obviously Michigan State at the time that they played last year, they were eighteen. Michigan State is now on rank coming into the season. Um, you know, following the seven and six, you know they have a pretty decent schedule this year kicking off at home against Tulsa or at home against Western Michigan, stay home against Arizona State, a team they did lose to last year, but they were in Arizona. Arizona, that was not the first team that Arizona State upset, you know, just the year prior in 2017. They went on the road into Washington, ended the Huskies' uh, hopes for the playoff. Then they go on the road in Northwestern, obviously a team they lost to again last season. Then uh, they come home to Maryland. They go back on the road to Ohio State, go on the road to Wisconsin, come back home for a couple games against Penn State and Illinois. They go back on the road against in Ann Arbor against Michigan. You know, it, it's, it's weird, you know, because 
Michigan State the last few times they met in Ann Arbor, you know, they won. And then in East Lansing, you know, Michigan comes in and they win. It's very confusing like that. Uh, They stay on the road. They go to Rutgers, obviously struggled last year. This offense, you know, very struggled again last year. And then, you know, they uh, finished the season at home against Maryland. Um, I'm thinking, you know, MSU can improve to at least a 9-3 season or a 10-2. You know, you're looking, you have incumbent starter, uh, Brian Lewerke coming back. You know, he'll be uh, a senior next season. And then you have um, Rocky Lombardi, obviously going to be in his sophomore year. You know, he's obviously going to prepare for taking over. And then, um, you know, running backs, uh, Connor Hayward, Ladarius Jefferson are there. That That's going to be great for the backs. Uh, and then, you know, wide receivers, you got, <clears throat> you know, Cam Chambers there, Emmanuel Flowers, C.J. Hayes, uh, Nick Crum, Jalen Naylor, Julian Major, Lares Nelson, Daryl Stewart. Cody White, obviously talented guys for the receivers. You got Matt Dotson coming back. You know that that's going to be a great, great team to watch. You got um, you know, a huge surprise last year was uh, Kenny Willickis. He's coming back. You know he he did great last year. Um, you know, and then you got you know obviously Joe Bocci's coming back for senior year. Raekwon Williams. And then, you know, obviously losing um, Justin Lane to the uh, the draft, draft um, you know, that's going to be huge. Uh, Josiah Scott's returning. Uh, David and Malik Dowell are coming back. Or not Malik, David and Michael Dowell are back. You know, it's going to be a fun team to watch this season. Uh, you know, I, and then losing... Kari Willis, you know, this is going to be a very good team to watch this year. Very young um, for the Spartans. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing uh, season just to see what happens with both teams and see where they end up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at their splits right now. Michigan State, obviously, seven home games this year. You know, they struggled majorly. You know, just 12 touchdowns in total last year. Um, you know, very, very struggled, uh, you know, passing-wise uh, and rushing. You know, passing-wise, just 12 total touchdowns. Rushing, you know, 14. You know, that's a total of 26 touchdowns in 13 games. That That's a sign of struggle um, against, you know, good – uh, sign of struggle and it's just very very different you know seeing that and this offense you know coming into the season you know hyped up trying to come back and win we'll just have to see uh, how the season turns out all right so real quick um you know obviously another you know i want to bring back um, an NBA conversation. Um, 
there's been some rumors going around, you know, and then Paul, uh, you know, not including Paul George, but, you know, he is truly making a case to win three major awards, you know. He has a great MVP case going for him this season. He's got a great defensive player of the year case and most improved. You know, obviously in the beginning of the season, he was not running that offense uh, with or for the Thunder. Then you could see slowly transitioning. He's there, <coughs> and this team has played a lot better. We'll just have to see how the team plays and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a Division Two player declaring for the draft. Um, that that's going to be very um, strange to see. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. Um, but I I don't know how that would help. And then you have former Piston uh, Rashid Wallace taking over a high school program. Uh, that is article is titled "Coach Don't Lie," you know, because he popularized the uh, "Ball Don't Lie" statement, and then. You know, uh, you know, trade buzz going around. There was a lot of trades made. Uh, you know, obviously the biggest one was Anthony Davis. You know, talking about his leaving. Um, and you know that's just different. You know, seeing that. And you know, Markel Fultz out of, obviously out of. Uh, or, Philadelphia is now in Orlando. You know, he's been struggling with that injury he had and confidence. Uh, it, it's just, you know, Markel Fultz obviously being last year's number one overall pick. Um, it's very hard to watch a guy like that struggle, especially having all the success he had in college. All right, guys, so we're going to end it off right here. Uh, thank you. If you're going to – thank you for listening. Uh, please tell me what things I need to change uh, and just keep listening. Uh, thank you all for your support. I'll see you next time. For Michael Juszczak, I'm Connor Marecki. And I'm Michael. We'll see you guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the smack. Tune in next time. See ya.